Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. This is the Outkick the Coverage radio program, Wednesday edition. We're brought to you by Discover Card, where we treat you like you'd treat you, and also by True Car. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Always a confident show. Wednesday edition. Now kick the coverage. You can listen to us. Fox Sports Radio here anywhere in the country. FoxSportsRadio.com anywhere in the world. 24-7, 365 via the Outkick the Coverage podcast. You can find that via your podcast catcher of choice. I'm Jason Martin. I served as the uh, executive producer of this fine program for the first year and a half or so now. A daily host in Nashville on one of our affiliates, WGFX 104.5 The Zone, where I met Clay Travis. And Clay will join us at times during this show. He's on his way to the TV lot. I believe he has plans to sit down with Todd Furman during the course of this show. And coming up next segment, a conversation between Clay and Doug Gottlieb, and also in Hour 2, and these are interviews I have not heard yet, so I'm very interested to hear them, the Tiger Hunter interviews. 
Animal Thunderdome taken to the next level. We're going to play the first one for you today. They're long conversations with, uh, I believe, is a tiger trapper from India. And we'll play the first one for you in the next hour. And then we'll play the second one for you tomorrow on the show. So that'll be something for you to look forward to. But uh, Clay will be popping in and out between now and the end of the program as he has a lot of things going on as he's out in Los Angeles to do Lock It In Live. I think he's going to be on Colin's show later this week and doing different things. So we're spinning plates for him here. Danny G, Roberto Flores, Eddie Garcia out in Los Angeles. Dub Yarbrough with me here in the studio in Nashville, Tennessee. So this might be the last time we have to talk about this guy. And honestly, for his sake, it probably is better that this is the last day we need to talk about him because if we talk about him over the next couple of months, it's likely because something has gone wrong outside of the confines of sport or he's probably said something dumb. But whatever you believe about whether or not Le'Veon Bell should have come back yesterday, signed his franchise tender, and agreed to play the rest of the season with the Steelers, he has proven beyond any reasonable doubt that he values himself over the chances of winning a championship in the short term. And that's totally fine. It's not that he doesn't care or he doesn't want to win a ring, but objectively you can't look at the Steelers and not say that's one of six to eight teams in the NFL that have a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl right now. We know he was going to be gone after the year, so he's made a decision that the risk to injury, and we just saw what happens with the risk to injury and how it grows courtesy of not having gone through a real training camp or doing game action. Des Bryant is a key example. He never made it onto the field for the New Orleans Saints. So it's a high risk, especially for somebody trying to make it on the field as he is. So he's leaving $14.5 million on the table. Last five of that fell away yesterday after the 4 p.m. deadline came and went with no Le'Veon Bell signing with the Steelers with that franchise tender. He believes... He shouldn't just be paid as a running back. He should be paid as a top-flight wide receiver. We're going to discuss that on the flip side of this, and I'm going to talk about a wonderful article from ESPN.com written by Jeremy Fowler that lays out a very detailed timeline of the Le'Veon Bell situation as it basically came to a close yesterday. But we had Mark Schlereth, who's on with us every Tuesday, Fox NFL color analyst, Longtime Fox NFL analyst and offensive lineman, certainly in the NFL, one of the best and one of our favorite guests. And I asked him a couple of questions, including how he felt about how Le'Veon Bell had handled this situation. And here is what Mark Schlereth told me yesterday. We're seeing, well, we're seeing Le'Veon Bell and his situation is going to come to some kind of culmination by the end of today as to whether or not he's going to play. It seems likely he's not. At this point, If I'm him, I probably don't. He's not going to be in Pittsburgh next year. He's not in game condition, potentially. James Conner's playing well. The Steelers are asserting themselves. A couple of questions. One, would you shut it down if you're him, and do you expect him to shut it down? And two, as a former player and somebody who makes a living analyzing and commenting on this league, how do you feel about the way in which Le'Veon Bell has chosen to conduct himself throughout this process? All right, yeah. Would I shut it down? I think at this point, you come back and and the odds are that it's going to be really hard to be productive, and you're just going to risk, you know, you're going to you're going to be at such risk of injury because yeah, there's no way to train to play football other than to play football, and 
Um, when you're, you know, when you're battling against other guys and you're pushing, and you're doing all those things. That's that's what ends up, you know, what what you can't train for. So I think the likelihood likelihood of being injured, um, be, you know, grows exponentially, if you will. Um, listen, here's the deal. I have I have always been, you know, I've always favored the players, and um, you know, I don't know behind the scenes what was promised and what wasn't promised and what was said and what wasn't said. But I will never, I will never be angry at a player for trying to get taken care of. And when I look at his contract and the offer, of the contract, and I understand the Steelers not wanting to pay it because of past transgressions and the potential of injuries and all those things, I get it. But when I see what the value is for Todd Gurley, and I see what you offered Le'Veon Bell as a player, that pisses me off. Because you didn't offer him a market value contract, um, you know. Overall, yeah. The, after five years, you did, but we know that an NFL contract might as well be written on toilet paper because that's what it's worth. And it really came down to the guarantees up front, and those things were not commensurate with what the market bears. And so, I don't have any issue with him going about doing this, like. The whole, hey, you should honor your contract as a player, my ass. The, the league never honors their contracts, ever. Ever do they honor a contract. When was the last time the league ever honored anybody's contract? If you don't perform, they cut your butt. And it happens yeah. time and time and time again. And so, you know, I don't. the fans don't stand on their pulpit when, you know, a guy gets cut that has a three years left on his deal and say, well, you know, he just didn't live up to the contract. You know, injuries happen and, and things happen. So um, I don't ever get mad at a player for, for standing up for what he believes is right. And, um, and you know, you may not like the way he went about it or you may not like the language or what he's done on Twitter or social media, but I don't really care. Pretty strong words there from Mark Schlereth. And... A lot of what he says makes sense, and it's always interesting when we talk or when you talk to anybody who played in the league how they feel about the Le'Veon Bell situation. And it seems like a lot of them can see it from both sides, but a lot of them do tend to side with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, we've seen just this season what can happen when you don't pay a guy and he's trying to get it because he knows the risks involved. He's trying to get one more contract before he's done. He's hoping to do it with the team that he was already with. I don't know if that's the case with Le'Veon Bell, but I know that dating back a couple of years, he wanted to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And this has been about a two-year ordeal, but the example that I'm referring to is the Earl Thomas example in Seattle. And, of course, the middle finger and the middle digit being flipped as he's being carted off the field and his season gets ended. And people said, yeah, that guy was selfish for trying to get paid. Now, who knows what happens, but it looks like he's going to come back and and be fine, just not going to be in Seattle. But this dates back, this is a two-year ordeal. And this article on ESPN.com that Jeremy Fowler put together is basically an extended, detailed timeline of how we got here, where Le'Veon Bell is not going to play football in 2018, and he's going to look for other suitors. And it involves multiple rap tracks that he's released, including, of course, that EP that happened after he was, you know, photographed or whatever on the jet ski in Florida a couple of weeks ago. And it certainly all sort of hinges around 
the deal that Todd Gurley got back on July the 25th. Gurley signed a four-year, $57.5 million extension with the Rams that had a fifth-year option attached. That averages somewhere around $11.5 million if you include that season in the accounting. He got $21.95 million at signing. That's a big deal. That's part of this. Bell, in his head, thinks he should be making more money than Todd Gurley. This signing, or this extension rather, is what the Steelers thought would never happen. They did not expect a big deal coming for a running back before they were able to figure out the Le'Veon Bell situation. Once that deal was signed, once Todd Gurley was inked, Bell was gone. And I think that the Steelers knew it at that point. Then comes the start of the season. He says no, he doesn't show up for the first week, and he gives up the $855,000 week one paycheck. And James Conner goes the next day after that. This was on the 8th. On the 9th was the first game for the Steelers. And James Conner rushes for 192 yards in the season opener. Then he goes through a tough stretch of weeks 2, 3, and 4 where he doesn't play quite as well. And now he sits near the top of the league in both yards and scores on the ground. Le'Veon Bell's watching all of this. We start seeing all these cryptic tweets and all of these things that have come out since that point. I think that as we got closer and closer to it, it seemed less and less likely that he was going to come back. But he wanted top wide receiver money. And those guys averaged somewhere around $17, $18 million a year. Todd Gurley's average, without the accounting that we mentioned a bit ago, was $14.375 million per year. Bell's franchise tag was fourteen and a half this time around. The extension, Bell wants more, and he's likely not going to take less. Per another ESPN article, he's going to ask for somewhere between sixteen and seventeen million dollars a year. And the expectation, according to several executives inside the NFL, is that he's going to get a deal somewhere in the range of four years, sixty million dollars, with thirty of that guaranteed. So half of that contract guaranteed and loaded down with incentives that are going to basically dress it up and make it look far more impressive. It's going to put him above Todd Gurley's number, but not quite to top-flight wide receiver loot. That's going to happen in March, most likely, and then Bell's got a caveat. He's an unrestricted free agent under whatever deal this is, which means that the off-field issues in the past, which you heard Mark Schlereth refer to there in that last segment, those things are going to give teams leverage that they don't have on Todd Gurley's deal. There's one unnamed executive in this article that says signing a running back makes no football sense at the money Le'Veon Bell wants it. Basically because cheaper backs in this league are succeeding. We're seeing it. The James Conner example is a prime example of it. Drafting early didn't work for the Jacksonville Jaguars as it related to Leonard Fournette, or it certainly has not yet. You have to be a Todd Gurley back to make that actually worth the draft pick. And then there's a quote in this article that I want to leave you with, and then Clay's going to have Doug Gottlieb coming up on the flip side from Los Angeles. This executive is quoted as saying, give me somebody who is in jeopardy of losing their job. That is a team that will do it. Unquote. So you start to look at teams like the Jets, the Bucks, even though I don't think either one of those two teams has the same head coach next year, whether or not they have Le'Veon Bell on the team or not. You can look at some other teams, maybe the Miami Dolphins, Adam Gase. Yeah, I don't know exactly how great his seat is right now. But you can start to look at this from the prism of 
which teams are awful enough where they are that desperate that a coach needs that kind of an infusion to try and save his job? Or maybe even a general manager that has the exact same problem. And then you can start to look and say, who's going to pay Le'Veon Bell? And keep one other quick thing in mind, and that is that Le'Veon Bell clearly cares a whole lot about money and he cares a whole lot about his value, which doesn't make him different from the vast majority of the American population in whatever it is that they do. But that would give states like Texas and Florida an advantage, you would think, because of that lack of income tax. Because every cent matters to Le'Veon Bell. So we'll keep it in mind. Maybe the Texans could could land him as well. That would be one of those spots where he walks in and could be the difference between a team that gets to the playoffs or a team that can win a Super Bowl. It's going to be fascinating. But as for now, the story kind of comes to a close for Le'Veon Bell. Because he doesn't sign, he's not going to play in 2018. He shuts it down. I think the Steelers are still a team that can make it to the Super Bowl without him. And I think in his heart of hearts, he knows it as well. And because of that, he looks back and says, did I play this right? I think he made the right decision over the past week, coming to the conclusion that it made no sense for him to come back at this point to risk his body, maybe an injury that would cost him that big contract. But I do think that he also might have made the wrong decision off the start. In fact, I think it might have been kind of dumb. He overvalued himself, and then his replacement basically showed that his value wasn't that high to begin with, as have other backs that weren't drafted as high or aren't making nearly as much money as Le'Veon Bell wants to see. So we'll see what the deal ends up being. On the other side, Clay Travis will uh, rejoin us from out in Los Angeles. He's on his way to the TV lot. He's going to sit down with Doug Gottlieb. They will have plenty to talk about. But before we get to all that, there are more antioxidants in Concord grape juice than in acai or blueberry juice. Acai and blueberry farmers, if you want as many antioxidants, you could do what Welch's farmers do and grow your fruit through the whiteout winters of Washington, of Michigan, and of upstate New York. You could also stay up all night to prune the hardiest vines. But even if you did all that, you still wouldn't have the world's toughest antioxidants. So maybe you should just swap those acais and swap those blueberries for Concord grapes. Welch's, tough as grapes. Scott Leaps next with Clay. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. You check things all the time, like your email or social media, but Discover asks, what about checking something as important as your credit score? Well, Discover makes it quick and easy with their credit scorecard, which is free for everyone, even if you're not a customer. See your FICO credit score and other important credit information, and once you know your score, you should check to see if your current credit card is the best fit for you. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Geico Outkick Studios car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and a message from Welch's Grape Juice. The Concord Grape is the perfect grape. It needs no added sugar or added flavor. It's also the perfect size and consistency for being smashed, crushed, ground up, and pulverized in delicious antioxidant-rich juice. The world's toughest antioxidants, Welch's, tough as grapes. Joined now by Doug Gottlieb. He's an expert in many fields, but particularly college basketball. And I feel like a lot of you out there have gotten caught up in a hurry with the fact that college basketball season is back. What do we need to know? Like, if you were giving a primer, I watched well, you, Duke you're, Kentucky. Yeah, you're 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 right, and you're wrong about the Duke and Kentucky thing. In that, I do think college basketball should be a one semester sport. Amen. We agree there. Um, and there's a guy named Lanny Van Eman, who's the coach at Arkansas, 
head coach at Arkansas before Eddie Sutton, longtime assistant in the NBA, who was the head of the NABC, and he proposed this like, I don't know, 35 years ago. It just makes sense for everything. Yes. And in all honesty, I even think it makes sense for CBS, who doesn't actually own the greater rights to the tournament anymore. They all want it leading up to Masters coverage. I think the problem now is Turner owns the rights, and some of those games would cross over in their playoffs. Now, I I do think it could all be worked out. The NBA playoffs. Right, it it could all be worked out. But it would make it so much better. And I can tell you that that college coaches um, really, really want uh, would would love it as well because it's difficult if you're a coach to deal start the season then suddenly have Thanksgiving then you got exams then you got uh, it has Christmas. nothing to do with that they don't that come on no it's <laughs> about it's about no one on college campuses can't, you're competing yeah. for the exact you same. can't compete with football you can't it's stupid yeah it's it's dumb so what you should do is Thanksgiving where we have a bunch of tournaments we had a great tournament on Fox um, Thanksgiving we have tournament those can be you can go somewhere on Thanksgiving yes. And and play any of these tournaments, and then no other games until Christmas break. Yep. And then Christmas break, you start playing, and then when the students get back, you can start playing conference play. There's plenty of time. I think basketball would be better. And oh yeah, by the way, we wouldn't have this if if you went into May, you wouldn't have the lull in the workout season before the NBA draft, which is at the end of June. Yes. You could have May Madness. I and, love the idea. I, I I do too. But uh, it did give us a chance to see Duke and Kentucky. And um, what did we learn? I mean, anything uh, that you can take away from that game, or is yeah. it so far? What would you take away from it? Well, I mean, obviously everybody's talking about Zion, yes, and that he. And let's start there. Like, is there anybody physically? We always say like this guy reminds me of somebody. Who does Zion remind you of? Is there a guy? Uh, ACC guys will say a Roy Rogers, although I think he's more. This guy's a more lot more athletic. Than he's Roy more explosive yes. than he was. Um, on the other hand, Roy and he—it's—I didn't have high school footage of him, uh, so I can't tell you. Uh, there's a, another left-handed dude who, Shea Cotton, um, yep. who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, that he was going to go straight from high school to the pros before Kevin Garnett even did it. Yes, uh, never made it to the pros. Bounced around Alabama, Long Beach State. His brother um, played in the NBA. Shea was was maybe not as explosive but close to and struggled in terms of being in position but he wasn't 285 pounds so uh obviously the world got to see zion williamson and i think us basketball people like look zion has has some holes in his game and hitting jump shots looking more comfortable on the perimeter um showing that he got his body into shape he's cut up um and and that he can you know he's going to have to probably be a four in the NBA. Um, these are things where which means he has to make outside shots, right? He has, to, but he also has to defend inside. He has yep. to defend on switches against guards. Like he's downhill, he's a freak. But downhill is like when your momentum's going. Should he be playing tight end in the NFL? Can you imagine? I mean, wouldn't that be? A, I mean, maybe he could play wide out. I don't know what his forty. No, he'd, time be, would he'd be. be a, he'd be a, he'd be a tight end. But he would make he'd... you know seventy or eighty million dollars playing tight end in the NFL. Probably. Or you right? can make a couple hundred million dollars playing in the NBA if right? he's if he's going to be really good. Yes. Like, if you think he could be a max contract guy in the NBA or close to, you it. don't even have to be a max contract guy though now with yeah, what, what they're making, right? <laughs> it, I mean, they are, yes. I mean, the, the max contract guys are making contracts. forty per year. Yeah. So you know, if he's making twenty per year, that's way better and m- much more longevity. I mean, there are questions about. You know, how, how does your body hold up if you play 82 games? Because like there's just nobody who's ever done it before, other than maybe LeBron. Uh, what do you think LeBron yes. weighs right now? Uh, I think he looks thick. Yeah. I do. Other people are like, oh, he looks thin. Like, I don't think so. I would say he probably is probably 260 pounds. The, the difference is Zion's only 6'5". Yeah. You know, listed at 6'7". 
his true measurement is six five, whereas LeBron, I believe, is six seven, six eight. True measurement. Yes. So, um, you know, look, he's a freak. And then what happens is he's so he takes your breath away so much that you forget that R.J. Barrett's actually the better basketball player and is like. If you want a basketball player for 2018, yes. R.J. Barrett can play a bunch of positions, can guard a bunch of positions, can make enough shots to keep you honest, and then going towards the basket, he's amazing. Yep. So they have two of these to- total freaks. And then they got Trey Jones, who can, they have a legit point guard. Um, so I, I think Kentucky, that's they look like a team of guys that were just thrown together. I'm not sure if they ever reach what their full potential can be. But I also think that Kentucky oftentimes early in the year looks like this. They look like a mess, whereas Duke look like a basketball team. I got a Coach K stat for you here. That, and sometimes I don't know if you do this. Like I see something and I take a picture of it because I want to save it on my phone because yeah. I'm like, oh, I'd like to talk about this at some point on the show. Uh, since Cal's team went 38-1, and right, the team that lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four, uh, that incredible almost undefeated team, Coach Cal is right now 11-12 and against top 25 opponents. 11 wins, 12 losses. Yes. Has he peaked at Kentucky? No. I think that no. No. Uh, has he peaked? I think that the whole sport has changed. Yeah. Whole sport's changed before our eyes. Um, it's a lot like, like football's changed. College football has completely changed. Yes. Right? Um, I think college basketball has changed because... The one and done, the one and done thing. Like one, you have to kind of have a magical mix. You got to have a couple of veterans hanging yep. around, which he had on that, on on the Anthony Davis team. Yes. Also, what people, what Kentucky fans won't readily admit is, look, that the North Carolina that year was their equal. Lost to him by two in Lexington, and then Kendall Marshall, their point guard, got broke his wrist, and so they didn't get to a Final Four. Syracuse lost Fab Mello. There's so uh, the other two elite teams that year. Both had one an injury, one a suspension, so they didn't actually play against the best. Yes, um, and they had some veterans on that team to balance out with the young guys. Now you're competing. I believe you know you're always going to compete against teams with twenty-one to twenty-four-year-old cats, and it's going to be harder and harder. Um, it's just going to be harder and harder to. It's always hard to win with kids. It's going to be harder because. Nobody wants to sit at Kentucky. Nobody wants to sit anywhere. So guys transfer, and now you're doing with these double transfers. Like, as good as Villanova was last year, also look at Dante DiVincenzo had redshirted his first year, right? Uh, Miles, uh, Bridges, he was, a, he was a redshirt. They had some veterans to mix in with it, some wait, of their- it's, Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brunson was a junior. He played in yeah. two national championship games. You're playing against grown men who know who have high basketball IQs, and you're plucking guys straight out of prep school AAU programs and putting them on a Kentucky floor, even when they played together. Play and and remember the, those Kentucky teams. Cal was one of the first to really do this Bahamas trips, and now everybody's doing it every year as many as much as they can, playing games before they ever get to the season. So I, I don't necessarily know if he's changed. But I think the sport has changed, and it's become more difficult to do what he's doing. Plus, Coach K's, at least when Jeff Capel was there, they had it going in recruiting to the point where they were the equal to Kentucky. They were another option for guys, whereas before it was Kentucky was selecting, they weren't recruiting. Last question for you. We're talking to Doug Gottlieb at Gottlieb Show on Twitter. You can obviously hear him uh, many of these same Fox Sports Radio stations. Tonight uh, in L.A., 
late tonight, what's going to feel like to me, I'm going to watch LeBron play at Staples Center. Never been to see the Lakers play at Staples Center before. You're in L.A. You've been a part of LeBron mania. What would you say about LeBron? Never been to a Laker game? Never been to a Laker game. Now, you're sitting, you're sitting in... I haven't even bought my tickets yet. I'm looking at StubHub. I know so, roughly what they're going to cost. So you know there's two different Laker games, right? Yes. Upper Bowl, yeah, we're not gonna Lower be, Bowl. Yeah, we're going to try to get into the Lower Bowl. So I want to be Are down. you aware of Laker lighting? Uh, I have not. Okay, so Laker lighting. This goes back to the old days of the Forum before the Great Western Forum. They, yeah. And they, they brought it to Staples Center where only the court is lit. Oh, that's amazing. Right? It's yes. really, really cool. Clippers don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And only the Lakers, and you'll see them... You'll, you'll see right when the game starts, right when it tip off, all of a sudden, they Boom. cut all the lights except for around the court. Oh, that's it's really cool. It's like a cool. stage. It goes back to the old Jack Kent Cook days. Oh, that's so it's awesome kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, also, obviously, like lower bowl is, it's more about being there, being seen. Yes. Upper bowl is real fans. Well. But there is no there is no mixing of it. Yes. Okay? It is, it is what was it from Harry Potter, the... the uh, the muggles, muggles and the, uh, yes, you're yeah. either you're either a muggle or you're a wizard. Yes, um, I, I I'm going to try to. I don't. First of all, I'm not going to pay like ten thousand dollars or something for a ticket, but I am willing to pay to be able to be close to the court. I've seen LeBron play in person only once. I saw him play uh, in Memphis against uh, the Grizzlies back when he was with the Cavs, and so I feel like this is an experience I need to uh, yeah. to, to check out as a yeah. sports fan in general. What would you say as a guy living in L.A. and spending time kind of covering uh, and, and talking and certainly paying attention to LeBron in general, what is the verdict on LeBron you know, 10, 10 12 games in so Full far? disclosure, my best friend in basketball is an assistant on the staff, Miles Simon. Yes. Okay, so and so this is, this is not a shared opinion between me and him. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little disappointed, to You be expected honest. more. It's it's not necessarily in the wins. Like I I watch him and I do think that part of him he's trying to do what Luke wants. He's trying to evolve as a player. It's really hard. It's hard. Like you're doing a solo radio show, right? And so if somebody says if you do a solo show for 15 years, and then somebody goes like, Hey man, we want you to work with a couple co-hosts. We want you to share. You're the in ball, a three man now, right? Yeah. It's it's hard, and you'll try and he's trying to make it work. Yep. But I, I do, but but even all of those guys still, when push comes to shove, they, they want him to lead, and there just hasn't been an entire game where he is bouncing, and you feel like he's like, I'm going to drop 40, just so everybody knows I'm still LeBron James. Yes. There are moments in which he kind of quickly takes over a game. Hit a three, get a drive, get to a free throw, get a steal, get a dunk, get a rebound, get an assist. You're like, oh, oh. but then he just... I don't know if he's trying too hard to please. I don't know if he's older and he's really just pacing himself in important parts of the game. Or maybe you combine those two things with the fact that he might not have that gear anymore or as readily available. But I'd say I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, I'm also disappointed, you know, and I, I should have known. Lonzo Ball didn't really have an offseason to work on his game because of the knee um, he had some. There was when Rondo was out with suspension. He played well. He hasn't played particularly well since. Um, Kuzma can score. Doesn't really do much else, but continues to show he can score. You know, I, I uh, Ingram hasn't been as good as people would have hoped in year three. But just for LeBron, I just at one point I want him to just grab the ball and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm still the best, one of the two or three best players in the game." And all of these other guys, from Giannis to KD to Steph. Uh, we haven't seen James Harden because he's been hurt. Seem like they've had a game where you're like, damn, I forgot how good that dude is. Yes. We haven't seen it from LeBron. 
Well, I'm excited to see him in person tonight, see the Lakers show, uh, the stage, as you put it, uh, tonight. So I'll be there, and I'll give you a review Laker on lighting. Uh, Thursday morning. And then, of Laker course, lighting for sure. Laker girls. <laughs> that's, they, that's all they say when they get done. Laker girls. Uh, I am Clay Travis. He is Doug Gottlieb. Thanks for joining us. You can always listen to Doug's show in the afternoons on Fox Sports Radio. Can't wait to check out the Lakers. But for now, Eddie Garcia, what you got for me, my man? Well, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. In the NBA, just three games on the schedule. Warriors beat the Hawks 110-103 to without the injured Steph Curry and the suspended Draymond Green. Green was banned by the team without pay for one game after a locker room confrontation with teammate Kevin Durant. This was after Monday night's loss to the Clippers. Durant did play. He led the way with 29 points as Golden State improves to 12-3. Rockets knock off the Nuggets in Denver 109-99 after starting the year 9-1. Denver's now dropped four in a row. Cavaliers beat the Hornets 113 to 89. NFL news, the league is moving Monday's showdown between the 9-1 Kansas City Chiefs and the 9-1 LA Rams from Mexico City to Los Angeles because of poor field conditions at Azteca Stadium. And standout running back Le'Veon Bell fell to report to the Pittsburgh Steelers by Tuesday's deadline to sign his franchise tag. It means he will miss the entire season and forfeit 14.5 million dollars. This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience now back to the geico outkick the coverage studios eddie you're a steelers fan right yes i am so how do you feel about this Le'Veon bell situation i think he's a moron all right please go into detail eddie yeah i I don't understand how it's a good idea to leave 14.5 million dollars on the table which i i was told is the exact amount he has earned into in his entire career up to this date so he's he left the, the money he's earned for his entire career for one year on the table. Uh, and now he's going to be more attractive to teams this offseason because he decided he didn't want to play. It well, makes, no, like it makes no sense to me. I mean, it sounds like executives are saying unless you're desperate, it makes no sense to pay him the money that he's asking. Are you kind of a good riddance at this point? Especially after watching what James Conner's well, done. Well, yeah, that's the big thing. If James Conner is uh, terrible and they are, you know, suffering because they don't have an option in the running game, then I probably feel a lot different about this. But no, I'm right. fine with it. I, I, James Conner has been a fantastic fill-in, uh, and obviously they don't have to pay him fourteen point five million dollars. So all good. Yeah, somebody will. And there will be a lot of people that will decry that deal, and we'll have to wait and see how it actually plays out and whether or not he lives up to it depending on when it goes on. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Again, spending a lot of plates, a lot of different things happening, a lot of moving parts this week with Clay jumping in and out, doing television, in meetings, all sorts of things. I guess now he's going to Staples, Danny, to go see LeBron up close. I wonder if he's going to be the one that's on camera holding the sign that says, the season shouldn't have started until Christmas. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the first thing I thought when Clay was just talking about that was maybe he should be hosting the L.A. Braun segment on tomorrow's show. Yeah, he maybe he can. Maybe he could. The other thing that was funny is listening to him and Gottlieb. And Gottlieb saying, hey, there's two Lakers games. There's the real fans in the upper bowl and the people that want to be seen in the lower bowl. If there was an outkick poll today as to which Clay would fit into, want to be seen, or want to actually watch the basketball game? What do you think? 100% would say want to be seen? Yeah, I think it depends who Clay is there at the game with. 
Like, does he have his kids in town with him? I'm nah, not, he's there by himself, I believe. I don't think the so family he, is with him on this trip at all. So he's probably going to be with an FS1 bigwig, is my guess. Hmm. Maybe he's going to be. I bet you he's going to You think he's going to be riding with Cowherd? Or maybe he's going to go with you, Danny. He's going to get you a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't been in contact with Danny no. all week. <laughs> I've been waiting for my steak dinner. <laughs> my man is in town, just not even taking your phone calls. At this point, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure he will have stories, but I bet you he's in lower bowl. He said, I'm not going to pay ten grand for a ticket, and he's not. Like I said, he's still got a, a laptop from like 1925 uh, that he continues to rock. At least he bought the new car. We have a lot of fun with him. He doesn't spend a ton of money, despite the fact that he has a good bit of it, which might explain why he has a good bit of it. The but he's old... going to watch the Lakers and Blazers tonight. Yeah, I was going to say that's the old saying, how do the rich stay rich? Yes, Exactly. Don't spend. Uh, Le'Veon Bell will make money. Although, although not... I will, you know, I will say though that Clay takes care of his staff. He he did send me to yes. the World Series, so he's he's good on his word. So if he tells you he's going to do something, he follows through. So that's a uh, one positive we can say. So even though he might be tight as far as not overspending on a ticket, he at least takes care of the people around him. So. Yeah, you want to make sure that that continues, so you had to go ahead and put that disclaimer out no, there. I, no, because I think, because there's so many people, yep. you, can play, you can play that sound effect if you want. <laughs> no, I, I think it's fair to say that, though, because so no, many, it is. So many it people, are, is. people are hard on Clay. When he first started on the network here, there were so many haters, and people just were looking for reasons to hate the guy. Oh, yeah, there's definitely no haters now. We'll no. come back. We'll talk about. We'll talk about Le'Veon a little bit more. I want to get you guys' thoughts. We'll bring Dub in. We'll bring in Danny G. And, and uh, we already heard from Eddie Garcia. Eddie Garcia is straight up good riddance to Le'Veon Bell. Don't be good riddance to us. We'll be right back. It's Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to the Geico Outkick Studios. Now, don't drop that song completely. Keep it there, and I'm going to need you to bring it back up here in a second. But first, it's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. Go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, for 20% savings. I'm Jason Martin. In this week, alongside Clay Travis, who's popping in and out. We'll catch up with him a little bit later on in the show. So, only five times since the NFL merger have two one-loss teams met this late in the season. This Monday night game upcoming between the Chiefs and the Rams is one of the biggest games. It's definitely the best game of the year, but it's one of the best games in a lot of years. Again, only four other times has this even happened, and none of them have had the offense we're likely to see on Monday night. But honestly, I think you could give both teams a second L, and maybe the NFL as well, because of Shakira. Now you can bring the music back up. Shakira has forced this game to be moved. It will no longer take place in Mexico City because of a Shakira concert and other events that have taken place inside that stadium Azteca down there. Shakira's pyrotechnics. If you've seen like the bird's eye shot of this, it looks like napalm went off in this place. And they've known it now for a couple of weeks, but because of safety concerns and they've made the right decision, there was no choice here. Shakira has defeated the NFL. 
No one defeats the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Shakira has done it. She's beaten the Chiefs. She is now the MVP leader above Patrick Mahomes, above Drew Brees. She is my Super Bowl favorite right now. Shakira on fire, and that field, not playable. So it's going to be in Los Angeles, which is a great event, guys, out in L.A. It's a great event for L.A. to get this on Monday night, even though now, of course, they have to get concessions and all the things ready for the game. It's, a, it's going to be a huge event on Monday in L.A. So believe it or not, I know a couple of real-life Rams fans. One, No, you, no, you don't. One, one has been a Rams fan his entire life, even when they were in St. Louis, believe it or not. Well, I want to, thank his mo- I want to uh, congratulate <laughs> right. his mother on his birth three weeks ago. Okay, his name is Martin. Used to work with me at NBC Sports, and he tweeted and Facebooked photos of his passport and his tickets uh, for him and his wife in Mexico City there. So I'm thinking, wow, that's cool. He gets to go. And then yesterday, all over his social mm. media feed, sad faces – Pictures of Shakira with an X over her. <laughs> Obviously, Whoa. he and his wife are, and they're, you know, and they they love her music, but they're upset that they don't get to go on their trip now to see their beloved Rams. So feel bad for him. Now, like I said, he's the only real Rams fan I know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's now a true home game. Shakira, are her hips worth it? Because the hips don't lie. Uh, I know. I heard it in the song. I honestly think they are worth it. Is that is that the general consensus among the crew? Shakira's hips I'm are just, indeed worth I'm just worth glad it. this didn't happen two years ago because then my trip would have been ruined. Oh, that's right. You did go to Mexico City, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, against the Texans, Raiders and Texans. Humble brag. Oh, back when the Raiders were good. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. How man, dare, it feels how like a long you. time ago. Right, I remember. <laughs> are you guys happy about that? Yeah. Well, at this point of the season, it's like what you and Clay were talking about with the Giants yesterday in the 49ers. What's the point of winning now? Yeah, I mean, unless you're no, gonna, I agree. Unless you're going to go on a, a crazy historical run and rip off eight straight victories. What do you think about Mark Davis just taking all of it and saying I'm responsible for all of this and basically trying to shield John Gruden from any criticism? Well, I do think that John Gruden has been thrown under the bus, especially by jealous media members because of all that money that he got in the contract. The thing is, the the Raiders that problem that people wondered if it really happened after the Redskins game was over and you heard the rumblings about you know the the Trump tweets and the anthem and the team didn't know how to observe you know or or protest or however you want to word that and so there was dysfunction inside that locker room Del Rio did not have a good handle on it so for the rest of that season after that game things were a mess two teams seemed to be affected the most by all of that the Cowboys and the Raiders the Cowboys recovered somewhat the Raiders never recovered. So Derek Carr, because of his faith and the fact he wanted to just stay out of it, it totally affected that rest of the season. Look, we're still having ill effects from it now, and I feel like Gruden was brought in to kind of clean house and hit the reboot. I thought he was brought in to try and make Derek Carr something, and a man, we must have been wrong about Derek Carr. It can't all be the injury. It has just gone so badly. I don't think anybody saw this coming. People thought he was probably on his way to Pro Bowls. He's going to be on his way out of town. we got more coming up. Hour number two of the Outkick the Coverage radio program. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Also brought to you by True Car. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people pay for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. 
When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Coming up next segment, and we'll talk about it once we get to the end here, the first of the two Tiger Hunter interviews, India's most famous rogue animal hunter interviews that have been done as Animal Thunderdome has expanded to new heights, courtesy of Danny G and the hard work of the crew out in Los Angeles. We'll play the second of those interviews for you tomorrow. But interestingly enough, there's a lot of drama happening in the NBA right now. Well, interestingly to me, at least, and to a lot of folks, there is LeBron drama. Clay's going to go see LeBron and the Lakers tonight, probably in the lower bowl to be seen against the Blazers. Could be a good game. Should be a good game. Portland's one of those teams that's probably a top four seed in the West. I, did you see, Danny, I know you're a big NBA guy, and I know all you guys are, as a matter of fact. Did you see that, I can't remember who it was, but there are some executives that now think that because of the Jimmy Butler move, the East is now a better conference than the West? I did see that story, yeah. I don't think I can get there. No. I'm not really sure I can get there from top to bottom because I mean, there's we, still we some talk- really bad teams in the East. Yeah, and we talked about this on the show yesterday morning that we still think the Sixers have a lot to prove because yeah. obviously there's a couple of teams in the East that came out smoking hot like the Raptors. Now, is that going to last all the way through the postseason? Doubt it. But the fact that somebody's going to sit there and say that the East is better now than the West, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I I say the Sixers are the fourth best team in the East. The thing with the West, if I had to say it right now, the West has been off to a little bit of a slow start, and you yeah. you hear some talking heads on TV and radio saying, "Well, this is why the Lakers have a chance now because the West isn't as good as what people were hyping." I it think up that's to gonna be. I think that's gonna change though, and I also think that the West is good. Like I think that the Jazz and the Nuggets and the Blazers, that those teams, I'm not saying they're yeah. gonna make the finals because the Warriors are gonna win the championship again. I believe, and that's where we're headed here in a second, but. Well, what just I, happened I just think to the Nuggets, that, uh, the Nuggets losing their last four in yeah. a row, that's what a lot of people think is going to happen to the Raptors. So time will tell. But, you, you know, it's a long season. It's just like baseball. It goes on and on and on forever. It's too long. It's too it, long. It really, Clay's right. Really the is. season should start on Christmas Day. That's one thing that I've agreed with him on from the outset. But – one of the things that he says a lot is that the NBA is not a league, it's LeBron James, and we have all kind of discussed the fact that the NBA is a reality show. And I have said that there's no reality show quite like sports. I've also made the point that our modern-day superheroes in this culture are our athletes, even though you might want to think it's the military members or the first responders or the police and fire, as it should be the entertainment side of it because the superhero genre you can't really separate what they do in the stories from what they are in our lives and in general they're entertainers and of course we lost stan lee at age 95 two days ago one of the most iconic names maybe the most iconic name in terms of the creation of those worlds and those heroes he's sort of a modern day walt disney in a lot of respects and was a wonderful man who did a lot of great things and certainly gave us a lot of entertainment. The NBA on-court product is still good, but there hasn't been that much drama over the past few years except for what LeBron is thinking, how LeBron is feeling at that time, and the Golden State Warriors. So, of course, the Warriors are at it again with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green getting into it 
a couple of nights ago in what turned out to be a loss in overtime to the Clippers, and the reason it was a loss is because after Draymond Green grabbed a defensive board, he took off down the court to take the last shot, fumbled the ball away out of his hands trying to dribble it, and the Warriors ended up not being able to break the tie, and then they went into overtime and lost. And Kevin Durant, at the time that Draymond Green lost the ball, was over on the side clapping his hands, saying, hey, get me the basketball. Because, you know, he's Kevin Durant. And Draymond Green is not out there for his offense. He is not an offensive superstar. Now, he may be an offensive superstar, but he's not an offensive superstar. He's not the guy you want taking the last shot. He's out there for his defense and his rebounding and his toughness and his Rodman effect or his Barkley effect, those kinds of things. If somebody's got to take a money shot, it's Kevin Durant. That's not hard. So you play 48 minutes, you end up having to play the extra frame, and you lose the game. You've put it all on the line. Steph Curry's still out injured, and you end up coming up with an L because of a mistake Draymond Green made, and things got a little testy. It got testy on the floor. It got testy in the locker room. You got Mark Spears and other NBA guys out in Golden State saying this is the worst dust-up that this team has seen in this dynastic era that we've seen over the past half decade or so, this was bad. And, of course, the stories then come out, Kevin Durant, he's going to be gone. But those stories were already there. All this did was add fuel to the flames that were already there. But Kevin Durant, last night, after the game, uh, the next game, which Draymond Green had to sit out, he was sat down by the Golden State Warriors for this dust-up. Durant played, Durant played well, as a matter of fact, but here's what Kevin Durant had to say when he was asked a couple of questions about this Draymond situation. How were you guys able to sort of move past um, anything that, that happened yesterday and just get out there and, and hold off that team down the stretch? Uh, once the ball is tipped, nothing else matters. And uh, I think that's the approach that uh, everybody takes every time they step on the floor. Hey, Kevin, have you and Draymond been able to hash anything out? No. Do you see that happening anytime soon? I'm sure it will. we got a long season ahead. Did he cross the line with anything last night that was said? I'm going to keep that in-house. That's, that's what we do here. I know you guys got a job to do, but I'm not trying to get nobody no headlines. What happened, happened. We're trying to move on. Just trying to play basketball. Were you surprised he got suspended? I was just focused on the game. I didn't really care either way. I was just focused on trying to come out here and finish this back-to-back off. Kevin, how would you sort of describe your friendship with Draymond? It seems like you guys have been friends for even before you became a warrior. Uh, I don't really think that even matters at this point right now. I mean, we just had a game. Anybody want to talk about the game? Talk about the game. Ask a question about the game. KD, not really wanting to answer questions and acting almost affronted that no one wanted to talk about the seven-point Warriors win over the Atlanta Hawks last night. We've talked about this on this show before, guys, and all your mics are live, and all of you, including uh, Dub here in the studio, we want to hear from you too, but just we have discussed how since Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, and you can have your opinion on that however you want to, I can see both sides of it, but I also have always believed that Kevin Durant left because he couldn't beat the Warriors, had them down 3-1, to one, let them claw their way back into that series and win the Western Conference Finals, and then he decided, okay, I can't play with Russell Westbrook anyway, I want to make this easier on myself, and he left. And I thought that it was sort of a weak move. Uh, and now, Kevin Durant has become uber-sensitive, it seems like, 
in the years that at first he never said anything. He never said anything in Oklahoma City. Then he started saying more. You heard him in that press conference. Him saying, hey, we're just trying to move on and all that, that's fine. But he also basically intimated because he didn't want to get into things that this probably was sort of a deal. I don't tend to believe this is going to matter long term. I have believed since before this season that Kevin Durant's going to go somewhere else at the end of this year. Not because he doesn't want to play in Golden State or doesn't like Golden State, but because he's starting to care a little bit more about what people think about him than anything else. Anybody that creates a burner Twitter account does that. Danny, how do you see this? Like, Draymond is a guy that thinks a lot of himself, but he clearly was in the wrong here with the move that he made from a basketball perspective. I don't know what was said. We have no idea. We weren't behind closed doors. We don't know just how bad this scenario was. But you can understand Kevin Durant in this case being frustrated that a multi-time scoring champion like him didn't get the basketball in his hands to win that game in regulation. Yeah, and and I think as a country, it's human nature for us to love to see things be built up and then when they crumble, right. it's really interesting and intriguing to everybody, and that's what's going on right now with the Warriors. That's why those reporters were all on KD's jock trying to get the story because, oh, my gosh, there's you know uh, a disturbance in the force and what's going to happen now. And it's got you talking this morning about maybe KD's going to go somewhere else after the season. I don't see that happening. I think Kevin mm-hmm. Durant loves it in the Bay Area because he gets to be himself now, people may not like who he really is, but he does get to be himself. He gets Rick James tattoos, and yeah. he gets to you know lay in the cut somewhat and not have all the pressure squarely on his shoulders. And as you said, when that was the case in Oklahoma City, he didn't necessarily like it. It wasn't a good position for him to be in. He's not the alpha dog. He likes it when Steph is on the court with him for obvious reasons. So if it was just him, say he went to uh, another team and all of a sudden he's the A player on that team, that's not what he likes. That's not his, that's not his thing. He likes to be on one of those uh, so-called super teams where there's other stars on the court with him. And that's where he's had the most fun. He says he loves the Bay Area. I believe it. They're about to get into their new stadium in, uh, or arena rather in Next San year. Francisco. Yeah, so this is not the time for him to be going to to another team where then suddenly he has even more of this media attention on him and he's the guy that's got to answer these questions every single night after every game. I just don't see him leaving. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, a question that I asked Ben this morning was, do you think if Kevin Durant was under contract right now for three years with the Warriors, do you think Draymond Green would have got suspended? I don't think so. That's a fair question. I don't think he would. I definitely think. I don't think he would got suspended. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I do. I agree with you for the most part. I mean, that's Draymond. That's what you get with Draymond, and they know what they get with Draymond Green. <laughs> this is because it was Kevin Durant. Yeah. Well, he's More an so agitator, right? Else. Green, Green oh, yeah. is no, uh, obviously, he's an irritant. Yeah, uh, even in his own locker room sometimes. So you got to take the bad with the good. Yeah. And look, Barkley always said, you need a superstar, you need a secondary guy, and you need a crazy guy to win a championship. Whether it was Rodman or any number of guys, I guess Ron Artest, if you want to talk about guys like that. And Draymond fits that mode. And he does a lot of great things for you. He is an unquantifiably great player in a lot of categories. He's not going to be a great shooter ever. But he's an all-star player. 
and at times his emotions run high, and sometimes it's good for the team, sometimes it's bad for the team. It's so early. They're 15 games into the season, and the Warriors are 12-3. and three. So I tend to think this is just kind of what it is. At this point, the Warriors are going to be fine. Still think they're going to win the championship. Coming up on the other side, Danny, you got to tell me the story pretty quickly, but Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. Explain to me what we're going to hear in the next segment. All right, I'll try to give you the 90-second version. So back on October 10th, we did an Animal Thunderdome, and Clay read an article from the New York Times about a man-eating tigress that India had named T1. She killed over a dozen villagers, affected thousands and thousands of people, and um, what really caught Clay's attention from the story was that they were going to use obsession cologne to try to lure her out of hiding because it contains civetone in it, which uh, big cats love the smell of. So she was a cougar, (laughs) not a tiger. Oh, play the rim shot. Uh, Bad joke there. India had pulled out all their resources trying to catch this T1. That that was what the huge New York Times article was about. They had brought in all these elephants to trample the tall brush, soldiers to hunt her. They... um, they even sacrificed several horses to lure her. She actually came out, killed the horses, and then hid again. Uh, so they didn't know what to do. Finally, they call in some royal family help in Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, who's India's most famous rogue animal hunter. And as Clay is reading this live on the air, he got so excited when it got to this part about the hunter. And he said, man, I can't imagine the stories this guy must have. And then he started thinking out loud and he said, you know, you guys on the show, you don't do much. So he put a challenge out saying, and we do do a lot on this show, but, you know, Clay, he thinks we all push a button and walk away. That's literally a quote. Yeah. Uh, He put this challenge out. Uh, Roberto, can you put my computer live right now? Uh, I have audio of what Clay said here. Any one of you right now, any one of the three of you in L.A. or Dub back in Nashville, whoever is able to get Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, the most famous tiger hunter in all of India, on our show – will receive a handsome reward. It will be something more than Obsession Cologne. (laughs) Not going to tell you what it's going to be. So more than the reward, I just wanted to make Clay eat his words because after that on the show, he said he thought that we probably wouldn't be able to do it. And Mm -hmm. that started the craziest 24-hour period in my radio career. Now, back when I was programming a hip-hop radio station, I booked Tupac before he passed away. I got Jay-Z on the air. Can you get Tupac now? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) <laughs> God, he's he's busy in Costa Rica. He might be in India as well. <laughs> Look, I got Eminem in the studio. I got the entire Wu-Tang Clan, even with ODB in the studio, Rakim. There were lots of successes, but I will have to say that this booking for Nawab was the best because of the pressure I felt in that 24-hour period. I made about 27 international calls it, the phone lines, the connections are bad. You can't understand their English because it's so broken. It was so hard. And then his agent started talking about how he wanted money to wow. get him on the air. Then they finally called me back, and it was the middle of the night, and they called the hotline here, and Coop answered the phone and couldn't understand the guy from India. So Clay threw a fit that next morning, and he's like, you guys are incompetent. This isn't going to happen. And in hour three of that morning show, I get a call on the hotline, and it was Nawab himself, and what happened after that was radio magic. All right, radio magic. We will hear that radio magic, and then maybe we'll talk. Of, we'll tell some producer stories or something to end this hour. So stick around. But before we get to that interview, 
There have been over 75 studies in the last 10 years examining the health benefits of grape juice, and that begs a question. Why so many studies? Who exactly has been studying this stuff anyways? What made them do over 75? Why did they spend a whole decade of their lives just studying the health benefits of grape juice? Maybe nobody's ever going to know the answers to any of those questions, or maybe it's this simple. These scientists just really love grape juice. I love grape juice. The world's toughest antioxidants. Welch's tough as grapes. Tiger Hunter. Next, Outkick, Fox Sports Radio. Well played, Roberto. And Creed 2 coming out into the month. Welcome back to the Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people pay for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and a quick message from Welch's Grape Juice. The Concord Grape is the perfect grape. It needs no added sugar, needs no added flavor. It's also the perfect size, perfect consistency for being smashed, crushed, ground up, and pulverized into delicious antioxidant-rich juice. The world's toughest antioxidants, Welch's, tough as grapes. The interview, Tiger Hunter, Nawab, Shafat, Ali Khan is coming up. But first, let's go to Eddie Garcia and find out what happened in the world of sports last night. Eddie. And we've got a Geico scoreboard. We start from the NBA where we had three games on the schedule. Warriors beat the Hawks 110-103. Gold State winning without star Steph Curry, who's hurt, and without Draymond Green, who was suspended by the team for this game without pay following a run-in with teammate Kevin Durant in the locker room after Monday's loss to the Clippers. Durant did play. He had 29 points to lead the team as they improved to 12-3 and on the season. Rockets looking to get on track. They were in Denver to take on the Nuggets, and that brings us to our Geico play of the day from Houston star James Harden. Houston with possession halfway through the fourth. James on a crossover, gets by, lays it up for two. Plumley and Craig said goodnight, nurse. Oh, man. KBME Rockets Radio Network with the Geico Play of the Day. And James Harden with 22 points in the Rockets. 109-99 win over the Nuggets after starting the year 9-1. Denver has now dropped four in a row. Cavaliers winners over the Hornets, 113-289. News from the NFL where the league is moving Monday's showdown between the 9-1 Kansas City Chiefs and the 9-1 LA Rams from Mexico City to Los Angeles because of poor field conditions at Azteca Stadium. Standout running back Le'Veon Bell failed to report to the Pittsburgh Steelers by Tuesday's deadline to sign his franchise tag. He will not be eligible to play this season, and he forfeits 14.5 million dollars. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Jason Martin in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Thanks, Eddie. Coming to you live from those Geico Outkick Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. That's the website. Or call 800-947-AUTO. That's the phone number. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I am Jason Martin in both for and with Clay Travis. He will rejoin us in the third hour of the show and sit down with his good friend and our good friend, Todd Furman, his co-host on Lock It In. But Animal Thunderdome had quite a shot to the arm recently. Nawab Shafat Ali Khan here, if you missed it, is the first of two of those conversations. You never know what you're going to get on this show. We have now Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, one of India's most famous tiger hunters. I believe he is on the line with us from the tiger hunting camp in India. Mr. Khan, how are you? Yes, hello. This is Nawab here. You are right now. Yes, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, You are in a camp hunting a man-eating tiger right now, correct? Absolutely true, yes. 
What is the latest on the tiger hunt? You see, this is one of the most challenging and difficult operations of the century where it involves four tigers. The main uh, man-eater is a tigeress called T1, and she has two cubs which are about 10 months old, and they have also tasted human flesh. So we have orders now to tranquilize the mother and the cubs, and if that is not possible, to eliminate her by shooting. What is, when, an, when a tiger tastes human flesh, what happens? Do they continue to eat it? Do they like it? What happens there? Uh, it's much easier to hunt a human being compared to any other animal in the wild. Because the natural prey of tigers, that's wild boar and other herbivores, they can smell a tiger and get away. Whereas a human being is completely breathed of the power of smell, and he becomes an easy prey. And especially when there are cubs at heel, it's easy for the tigers to catch human beings and feed them. And once they start feeding on human beings, they realize that the meat is softer and easier for the cubs to chew. And um, it's much easier to hunt. So that's why once they become man-eaters, they continue to kill human beings, and that becomes a very serious matter. So far, 14 innocent people have lost their lives to the tigers. 14? 14, 1-4. Wow. Uh, and how long have you been trying to hunt and catch or kill this tigress? Operation has been going on for last one and a half years. But I have been involved by orders of the Honorable Supreme Court of India, and I'm here for past one week. How long do you think it will take to catch or kill the tiger? It's very difficult because the monsoons are just over, and the tall grass and bushes are making my operation difficult, and the tiger has become extremely elusive. Three attempts to tranquilize her have failed. She has become extremely clever now and avoiding human beings. So it's a very challenging operation, and I think it will take a considerable amount of time by the time we zero on to her. How many tigers have you killed in your life? About seven man-eaters. Seven different man-eating tigers? Yes. What, in what way do you typically kill the man-eating tiger? You see, once they become man-eaters, their body language changes. Because man is not a natural prey of any of these cats. So we have to differentiate. We, with my experience, I can make out by seeing a tiger, whether it's a normal tiger or a man-eater. And by this, we identify them. And I use a heavy rifle. I use a 458 Winchester Magnum, which is incidentally an American weapon. And, uh, uh, and we uh, shoot them with that. Have you ever come close to being attacked or harmed by a tiger while trying to kill one of these man-eating tigers? Yes, several times I have had very close shaves in my life. How close? How close did it come to the tiger being able to harm you? 
I have shot a tiger when he was three feet away from the barrel of my rifle. Wow. Running at you. Running at me, charging at me. After taking two bullets from a 458 Magnum, it came for me. And the last shot that I took uh, in between its eyes, the tiger was hardly three feet away from me. So you have elephants. How are the elephants used to help catch the tigers? Elephant can maneuver uh, into the jungle where no other vehicle can go. And uh, it moves silently. So we are at an advantage of height. And plus, the elephant has a super-developed sense of smell. So the uh, intelligent hunting elephant will indicate to its driver that there is a tiger in the area. And that gives us a fraction of a second uh, to get alert. We're talking to Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. He is one of India's most famed tiger killers. He has killed seven man-eating tigers. He is looking for a tiger that has killed 14 people in India right now. You are talking to us from the tiger hunting camp. What is the day-to-day tiger hunting like for you? You wake up in the morning and do what? Take us through your day as you stalk and pursue this tiger. We have a very tight schedule. I'm working for almost 20 hours a day. And um, morning, night, we set up 90 camera traps in the area. And morning, I check all those cameras to see if there is any image of the man-eater. And once we get this image, then we tie baits and we make platforms on the trees. And I have my son, Azgar, with me. We put him up on a machan. Then during the day, if any of the shepherd has had a direct sighting of the animal, then I go there with my team and I try to flush the tiger out because it's a desperate situation. The farmers here are up in arms and it's, it's a very, very serious matter. 26 villages are affected and about 30,000 men are not able to come out of their houses. Nobody knows if one will get back home or he'll be killed by the man-eater. So the matter is, the situation is extremely tense, and we are working round the clock. I drive around the entire night with spotlights, just trying to see if I can get get a glimpse of the man-eater. But she's become so clever now that for past one week, we haven't had a direct sighting. What? Uh, how did you become a tiger-killing uh, expert? You said you've killed seven man-eating tigers in your life, and we're talking again uh, to uh, Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. How did you decide or become a tiger expert, and how did you go about killing your first tiger and hunting him when he was killing people? We belong to the royal family of Hyderabad. And my late grandfather, Nawab Sultan Ali Khan Bahadur, was advisor to British government on man-animal conflict. And he was an expert on rogue man-killing elephants. So I grew up in an atmosphere where man-animal conflict and problem animals stories dawned the dining table every day. And as I grew up with my grandfather, I would see him go out and track tigers 
identify man-eaters, reading pug marks, studying the psychology of these cats and rogue elephants. So the atmosphere of the house always circled problematic elephants. And my grandfather was advisor to the British government for almost 20 years. And uh, in 1972, when the Wildlife Protection Act came in India, and a total ban on hunting was introduced, all the gentlemen hunters and, and the sportsmen hung up their weapons. And there was a vacuum in the country for someone professional. I shot my first rogue elephant that had killed 12 people when I was just 19 years old. And after that, I have conducted 24 operations for the government of India, wherein I have shot rogue elephants, man-eating leopards, man-eating tigers, and now I'm into tranquilizing of these dangerous animals. I have tranquilized a rogue elephant. Last year, I tranquilized a man-eating tigeress. So, and I'm also a former national shooting champion in India. So with my shooting background and the tranquilizing expertise, I'm the man the government of India looks to whenever they have a problem. This is an amazing story, and we're talking again uh, across the nation. You are hearing from Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. Have you ever tracked a tiger that has killed more than 14 people, or is this the most deadly tiger you can recall in India? No, this is the most deadly tiger that I am working on. And as I told you, there, there are two cubs with this tigeress which are almost 10 months old which means they are bigger than a jaguar you get in America. Oh, so wow. all, these, all these three animals are moving together. It's become all the more difficult and risky for me. And then apart from this, the father of the two cubs, the, uh, the male adult tiger, which we have labeled as T2, is also in the same area. That tiger I cannot shoot. I have to eliminate only the mother, because in DNA tests, the saliva of T1, the mother of the two cubs, has been found on human bodies that were killed. So now I have orders to eliminate the uh, T1, which is the mother, and capture the two cubs. So it's a very, very challenging operation, and I have never done anything, and I've never worked on any tiger that had killed so many people. Last right. year, I shot a rogue elephant, a rogue elephant last year in Jharkhand, which had killed 15 people. We are talking, this is an amazing story. So I read the New York Times had a big article, which is where I've been following this case. Um, and by the way, can we get you to call in with us weekly and update us as you continue this pursuit of the tiger? Would you be willing to do that? Definitely, definitely. It will be an honor for me. But the only problem is I had to come out of my camp because where my camp and where the tigeress is, there is no mobile network. Yes. So I had to travel 15 kilometers for a better mobile network. And I'm, uh, it will be a pleasure um, talking to my brothers in America. And I assure you, once this operation is over, I'll come over to America for a live show with you. Oh, oh. Oh, this is this is incredible. All right, last question for you. Um, what is it about Obsession Cologne 
that you guys are trying to use obsession cologne to attract the tigress that has killed 14 people in India so far. Uh, what makes that potentially effective? Uh, well, I don't agree with that because I have tried various uh, methods. It, it may work on a normal tiger or a tigress, but manitas become extremely clever and all these things don't work. We always follow the traditional method of identifying pug marks, reading pug marks, and following them on foot, where it's a very, very challenging and dangerous operation. You're walking with a rifle ready and a round in the chamber, and you're following a man-eater, expecting a charge any moment. That is the only thing that's been done in this country, and we continue to do that. Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, we can't wait to get an update. Stay safe, sir. We appreciate the time, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much. God bless. Not going to lie, that's the greatest interview I've ever done in the history of my radio career. Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, major rewards coming for Danny G for making that happen. That was an unbelievable interview. You can react to it at Clay Travis on Twitter. Uh, keep him on the line if you can, Danny G, and figure out how we can schedule a time to get a weekly update from him until he comes to America and comes in studio with us. My God, I'm just giddy thinking about it all. All right, let's not use that term ever again. Clay is giddy. There have been a few interviews on this show that stand out. I would look at the Ice Cube Hour that we had maybe a year, year and a half ago. We had Peter Engel, the creator of Saved by the Bell, on for an hour. We had... The museum up in Alberta, the dinosaur person that came on with us that was exceptional, and we had the documentary filmmaker of Cocaine Hippos when we talked about Pablo Escobar, and of course, Mike McIntyre, who uh, is going to be out at Colorado and was straight up out of OutKick when he hung up on Clay Travis because Clay dared to ask him an actual question in an interview and there were no preconditions on the interview, but whatever. You don't uh, come at the king. That's that's the truth. That's what we said yesterday. We went with the Omar line. You come at the king, you best not miss. He missed, and then he lost a lot of football games, and Colorado's looking elsewhere. Amazing interview there, and it happened twice. He came on again. You will hear that conversation tomorrow. But when we come back, we will tell a couple of producer stories. What's it like to work with Clay Travis? I want to talk to Danny G about his experiences, and we'll talk about my own, and uh, we'll finish up the hour there. Remember, Clay will rejoin us in the third hour. He's going to talk to Todd Furman. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Danny, is this the greatest hip-hop follow-up of all time? You consider what The Chronic meant and how long it was before The Chronic 2001 came out, the hype that surrounded this album. This is one of the great albums of all time. Yeah, it's really underrated because of the layoff. And the fact that Dre got Eminem when he did and and convinced the higher-ups to let him sign him and produce him right away is just an amazing story if you have not watched the defiant ones oh it's tremendous oh man make sure to watch that very good absolutely tremendous now the fourth part basically turns into a beats advertisement 
and an Apple Music advertisement, but in general, yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. I guess since you mentioned Eminem, like Snoop Dogg's follow up was the Dog Father. It was all right, but it was nothing compared to Doggy Style. Chronic 2001 was right there with the Chronic. I would suggest since you mentioned Eminem, Marshall Mathers LP coming off the Slim Shady LP, probably on that list as well. And, of course, Dre associated with both of them. Welcome back to the Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score. Checking your scorecard will not hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. This is Outkick Coverage. No limitations apply here. Clay Travis is out in Los Angeles. I'm Jason Martin, former producer on this show, and I fill in for him usually when he is out, he will rejoin us in the third hour. He's going to sit down with our good friend Todd Furman, his co-host on Lock It In. They'll talk a lot of gambling. They'll talk a lot of sports. We've talked a lot of sports here, but just now we finished up with the first of two interviews that have been done on this show with Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, one of India's most famous rogue animal hunters who's been on the search for this man-eating tigress that has two cubs that have also tasted human flesh, which was by far my favorite part of the interview just the fact that he did that two minutes in. So, Danny, we were joking uh, just over our own microphones as it happened. This this just cracked me up, and you guys were dying out there in L.A. too. When Clay pulled the most Clay Travis move of all time and asked this dude who has just finished saying, yes, I traveled 15 kilometers to get to a good enough mobile area where we could speak, Clay's, Clay's next move is... Can we get you on weekly? Can you hop back on that pachyderm and move 15 paces or whatever it is to do this? It's amazing. It was so hard for you to get him once, and Clay's yeah. like, let's set up a weekly segment. Like it's, <laughs> like it's basically, all right, so we're going to have Alex Marvez in hour two and Nawab Shafat Ali Khan in hour three every, <laughs> every Monday. Yeah, when I heard that live in the interview, I – First of all, we were celebrating here, and I got to give shouts out to to Dub, who was virtually celebrating in our chat room when that happened, and in the studio here, Roberto and Eddie Garcia were coming in, and we were giving each other high fives. You would have thought we just all won a playoff game in the <laughs> NFL. It was awesome. Moments like that in radio don't come very often, you know, when you're celebrating because of something that's going on on the air. But yeah, Clay obviously made it even harder because... Then he kept going to dub at the beginning of Animal Thunderdome saying, update us to, has, has he killed it yet? Has he killed the tigress yet? So finally, spoiler alert, um, he and his son, uh, Nawab and his son did get the, the tigress, which will be tomorrow's interview. Nice. That next morning, though, Clay texted me and said, hey, uh, try to get the tiger hunter for hour one. That was, oh, my that, gosh. That was, that was the text. And uh, I looked at it. This was a Sunday. And I just was like, I just kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, oh yeah, that'll be simple. (laughs) I have no words. I'm just going to sit here as we're getting towards the hard out. We're going to have a fun hour three. We'll talk a little bit more about Le'Veon Bell, maybe some college football playoff, look towards the NFL schedule. And of course, Todd Furman will sit down with Clay. All that, tons more. Stick around for the hijinks. Hour three of Outkick on a Wednesday. Hour number three, Wednesday edition, Outkick the Coverage radio program here on Fox Sports Radio. Anywhere in the world, foxsportsradio.com. Anywhere, anytime, 24-7-365 via the podcast. Subscribe to Outkick the Coverage. Join the millions that already have. The numbers are insane. Quite frankly, the way this show has expanded since its inception, we really appreciate it. 
We wouldn't be here without any of you guys. And we are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Also brought to you by Discover Card, where we treat you like you treat you. And finally, our wonderful partners at TrueCar. They've been with us from the start. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. TrueCar shows you what other people pay for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Extremely confident show we do here on Fox Sports Radio. Blessed to do it. Clay Travis is in Los Angeles all week. He's taping and doing a lot of television work. Locking in live there on the Fox lot. He's going to be on with Cowherd, I believe, later on this week as well, doing various things. So he's popping in and out. He will be with us in the next segment. He will sit down with Todd Furman, our good friend, and his co-host on Locking In. They'll have a lot of gambling talk. He's always great when he's on, so you want to stick around for that. Last hour, we played the first of the two Nawab Shafat Ali Khan interviews. The Tiger Hunter, as and, uh, Animal Thunderdome, rather, really kind of took on New levels expanded. We had the dinosaur expert on when I was still producing this show. We had Jennifer Heil on, who was the producer and director of the Cocaine Hippos National Geographic film that came up when we were talking about Pablo Escobar and his hippos down in Colombia. And then now we've had this tiger hunter, and they got him twice. Clay wanted him weekly. I think he wanted him daily, as a matter of fact. Even though it was hard to get him the first time, Danny G was able to pull it off twice. And you will hear the second of those two conversations tomorrow on this show. But Danny, we were talking during the break. And I figured out because Clay said he was going to reward whoever got this interview. And you went to the World Series on him. I figured, oh, okay. World Series tickets. That must have been your reward. And sure enough, I was right. It was. And then you told me a story. And when we got to the end of the story, I said, oh, well, that must have been great on air. And you said you hadn't told this story on air about what happened at this World Series game. Now, yes, the Dodgers lost. We know this. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Sorry to have to bring back that as we wake up the West Coast here in hour three of Outkick the Coverage, but you've got to tell this story. I'm surprised Clay has not demanded it. Maybe he just doesn't know it because this is right down his alley. It's right down our alley. So... You went to the World Series. You got two tickets on Clay because you were able to land this interview. Yeah. And that second ticket was quite a date. Yeah, so first, just to give the, uh, the the story some context, because, you know, when Clay said live on the air, okay, get two of the tickets from your game time app on your phone, that's your reward. It was a Friday morning show. So he wanted me to go to game three, which was that Friday night. That turned out to be that 18-inning extravaganza yeah. with the, the Muncie walk-off homer. I wish I had gone to that game, but I had right. a prior obligation. I couldn't go that night, so I got tickets for the Saturday game, <clears throat> the one where Dave Roberts pulled Rich Hill, yeah. who was throwing an amazing one-hitter. So we all know that story. Uh, and I'm glad that Clay didn't ask for specifics because – so I had been I met this girl on Match.com probably a month prior to the World Series. Wait a second, wait a second, Daddy. You didn't uh, meet her on Clay's app? <laughs> Remember yeah, that dating yeah, app? If thing? You, yeah, if you don't know, Clay invested in a dating app, uh, not Match.com. So I one of the ways she and I connected was through the Dodgers because she had some cute pictures. And in LA, if you're dating, they'll and you go on a girl's profile. A lot of times there'll be pictures of her basically going to a Dodgers game just so she could dress up in Dodgers gear and look cute and take lots of selfies at the baseball game. So I saw these pictures, and that's how we kind of connected. We were talking Dodgers. 
they were about to go to the playoffs. And so we're, you know, we connected through the blue, true blue. So I asked her, she, you know, first of all, I asked her for a regular date that Saturday. I didn't tell her what, because I wanted, you know, you don't do that. Of course, a girl's going to say yes to the World Series. So she's just thinking we're going to go hang out for dinner. So she, she's like, yeah, I would love to go to dinner. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Dinner's going to be Dodger Dogs because I have World Series tickets. She freaks out, flips out. Oh, my God, you're kidding. No way. Off to a good start, obviously. What a good date to bring somebody to. That was going to be, we had hung out, but not like an official dinner yet. So that was going to be our first date. And I told her, man, that's memorable. What an awesome first date. You know, she shows up for the date. She gets there a little bit late. I wanted to get to the stadium early enough to where parking wasn't completely Armageddon yet. But she shows up late, and it kind of got off to a weird start because she shows me these brand-new white shoes, these tennis shoes she's wearing, to match her Dodger outfit. And she's like, this is why I was late. I'm like, oh, God. All right, so she's already taking selfies of her cute Dodgers outfit. And I'm like, man, this is— Are you in these photos? Uh, Some of them. And I'm like, we we better get the W tonight, all right? So we get to the stadium. It's a little bit of a problem getting there, but it was a fun drive. We're having good conversation, good music on the way to the stadium. Stadium's only 10 miles from my house. Still took an hour and 15 minutes to get there because it's L.A., it's the World Series. We park, we go in, uh, we get some drinks. Kobe throws out the first pitch. Amazing beginning to the game. We get to our seats. Uh, I'm in the pavilion the all-you-can-eat pavilion there at Dodger Stadium. So we get our food, and I'm thinking, thank God, because, you know, I had already spent, what, $200 just to get into the stadium for parking and the drinks. So now uh, we get our food. We sit down. Dodgers get off to a great start. Puig had that amazing home run where the pitcher threw his glove down because mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> he was so furious that Puig hit the ball so hard. Yeah, Dodgers are rolling at this point. Rolling. And now it's our first official date. Not exactly expecting this girl to be all over me, but at this point, she's kissing on me. She's hugging me. After Puig's home run, she gives me our first kiss, and I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is going to be- moving quickly. Yes, this is going to be a good night. You know, I'm looking for a grand slam at this point. (laughs) And then Dave Roberts- picked off second base. Dave, Dave Roberts steps in because there's a lefty coming up. He decides to take Rich Hill out of the game. Oh, it was a righty coming up. You're right, Roberto. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, as you can see, I've already tried to put this out of my memory <laughs> banks. Uh, because of the batter that was about to come up, that gave Dave Roberts in the analytical front office an excuse to pull him out of the game, even though, in my opinion, he could have had a complete game there and finished. And even if you keep Rich Hill in and he gives up two runs, who cares? You still win 4-2. to two. But the bullpen comes in. We throw our worst relievers. None of it made any sense. The, the Yeah, the Red Sox start racking off the Dodger bullpen. It was so bad. Then Maeda comes in, and he gives up runs, and it went from bad to worse. Okay, we're thinking, well, rally, rally. Dodgers have been known the past few years to be able to come back because they have big bats. So Kike Hernandez hits a home run, and she's kissing me again. I'm like, oh, please, let's get this comeback. Just for me as a fan and for the date. Yeah. So after Kike's home run, I get my second kiss, and she is French kissing at this point because she really wants to come back. Goodness gracious, man. 
This, this girl loves the Dodgers. <laughs> she really does. Grew up with brothers. She's a total, even though she doesn't look it, she's a tomboy. You know, I'm thinking, God, please come back, come back. Nope. Um, you know, pop up to the infield Turner and then uh, Machado pops up. So obviously the Dodgers don't come back. They wind up losing to the Red Sox. It was a horrible, horrible ending to what should have been a Dodgers W. So now we're But at least your day's gonna go well. Yeah, I mean she's yeah, right? I mean you you've yeah. taken her to a World Series game. <laughs> it's it dramatic night ahead of you. It's just a loss. I know it's bad. We've all taken really bad beats in sports. Our teams have lost games. I'm a Broncos fan. We lost three Super Bowls. I'm a Braves fan. We lost multiple World Series. It's okay. Everything's good. She's cute. You're in selfies with her. She's a Dodgers fan. You just took her to the World Series. Everything's rolling. Yeah, not so much. So we're, wa- <laughs> we're walking to the parking lot, and she's not saying a word. Now, she's holding, my, she's holding onto my arm as we're walking. She's a good date, but she's just dead, dead quiet, silent. She had been chatting away the whole time to the stadium, at the stadium, until we lost, and then now we're, yeah, it was crickets <laughs> as we're walking to the parking lot. And what made it worse, there were little pockets of Red Sox fans there in the parking lot celebrating, and we're having to walk past that to get to my car. It was death. So we get to my car, get in. The traffic's horrible, obviously, to get out of the stadium parking lot. It's just quiet. She's playing music from her phone. She like plugs into my, you know, my car cord. Yeah. She's she's the DJ, but she's playing like really aggressive mean hip hop songs. And I'm like, <laughs> "Wow, this took a turn." Do you now, remember any of the songs? Uh, she was playing like like a very angry Ice Cube song at one point when we were still waiting in line. It, All right. Yeah, and I'm thinking Boy, if she's uh, you know in a angry ice cube mood right now, this is not this date is not going to end well. Yeah, it's not uh, Keith Sweat. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Johnny was, Gill. Yeah, she was not playing nobody from Keith yeah. Sweat. Okay, so right. finally get out of the parking lot. She's complaining about that, and also because of the uphill climb at Chavez Ravine and the cars so close in front of you and behind you, I started burning up first gear a little bit and she's like i smell fresh gears and she's kind of being mean being a backseat driver as i'm the one dealing with this mess to get out of dodger stadium right and i'm thinking man she's being mean right now and as we are leaving um that area she says to me yeah you should probably know i'm a really bad loser if my Mm. teams lose i take it personal and I just kind of look over at her, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Me too, but the Dodgers don't pay my bills. So, yeah, I don't work for the Dodgers. We're on is that a- what you said to her? I told her. I'm like, you know, we're on a- our show is on AM570 LA Sports. So, Oh, boy, I thought you were about to Clay Travis that thing yeah, and not job, get the name nah, right. You know, I, I know what station we're on in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, I tell her, but look, I my paycheck says Premier Radio Networks, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartMedia. It doesn't say Dodgers. I'm like, unless the Dodgers pay you, you probably shouldn't take it to heart so badly because Puig and all them, they're at dinner right now. They're having a good dinner. So let's just, you know, let's not let it ruin our night. We come back tomorrow. We can get it tomorrow. Kershaw's throwing tomorrow. And she just gives me this ugly look and she's like, yeah, I think it's kind of over after this game tonight. And I was thinking to myself, man, it seems what's like, over? Yeah, the series or a <laughs> relationship or my series. <laughs> so now we oh your night. 
We get back to my pad in Burbank, and she's parked in front. I, and I'm thinking at this point, because it was not a fun ride home, and I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way she's going to come upstairs. I can feel it. So we get by her car. I walk her to her car. We make out a little bit in front of her car, and it's good. But she's she's just not, obviously, the way she was after Puig's home run or after Kike's home run. It's a whole different her. She stops the kissing, and she's like, hey, you know, I'm just in a really bad mood. I'm sorry. I'm just really irritated. We should not have lost that game. I can't believe it. I want Dave Roberts fired. Wow. We're, we're making out, and she's talking about firing Dave Roberts. And it hurts uh, the confidence right there. <laughs> so she's like, I might have to give you a rain check, you know, on a nightcap, and she goes to her car. Yeah. Doesn't even look at me as she's pulling away. I walk upstairs just wishing that, uh, you know. Oh, no. Never wanted a Dodger win more in your life. (laughs) Now, here's what I could have done. I could have pretended like I went to the Dodgers game and I could have took the check from Clay, just pocketed the cash. Yeah, you probably should have. Looking back, that should have been the move. Now, I didn't know that, you know, they were going to pull Rich Hill and blow that game. But yeah, I walked upstairs and I had never felt more lonely in my entire life as I sat there in my quiet house with no blonde girl inside the house with me and I'm still reflecting on the Dodgers blowing that game. That's a terrible night, Danny. (laughs) It was really bad. I still talked to her from time to time. We went on one other date after that, but it was it was just it was never the same. For the rest of my life, when I see a picture of Dave Roberts or I see him on TV during a game or in person at a game, because they gave him an extension, um, (laughs) forever now, I am going to think about that in her because of him. Thank you, Dave Roberts, for also giving me the L that night. Dave Roberts could be on the offensive line somewhere. He's definitely a blocker. Maybe if you had a better whip. Maybe if you had a better car, this wouldn't have happened. And if you needed a better car to sit in traffic in L.A., why don't you use TrueCar? You can easily find the car you want with TrueCar. With True Price from TrueCar, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever even visit a dealership. The True Price includes all dealer fees and accessories. TrueCar will show you what other people in your area pay for the car you want. Now, you know what a fair price is then, so you can feel confident. And then your certified dealers know this as well, so they're going to set their True Price competitively because they want to win your business. Over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. There are over 15,000 TrueCar Certified Dealers nationwide. TrueCar users save an average of over three grand off the MSRP. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. That, that, state, that story that should have been told when it happened, far better than us talking more Le'Veon Bell. Up next, Clay and Todd Furman. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and... A message from Welch's Grape Juice, 100% of the profits made from Welch's Grape Juice 
uh, goes to American farmers. Know what else goes to American farmers? 100% of the thrill from repeatedly crushing grapes, skins and seeds included, till all that's left is delicious juice. That's what's else. The world's toughest antioxidants, Welch's, tough as grapes. Join now uh, here in L.A., with Todd Furman. You hear him a lot on the show. You'll see us on Lock It In, the television show that airs at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific on FS1, Monday through Friday. I am kicking his ass right now in the gambling universe. I am the king of the show for a second straight week. How much does it pain you, Furman, to see me have this level of gambling success? It's been a real tough pill to swallow. I liked it a lot better for the first eight weeks of the show where you were sitting at the bottom of the standings. I got off to a hot start one Three out of the first five weeks, Sal and I could pick on you, and then all of a sudden, you put together this tremendous gambling heater. You're like 15-2 and two over your last 17 picks. Every NFL game you bet over the total flies over the number. <laughs> it's actually quite sickening, I'm not going to lie. All right, so let's talk about the NFL. Uh, obviously, this is Wednesday, but we're getting ready for Packers-Seahawks, which feels like an elimination game in terms of playoff chances for the two teams. One team's going to emerge, feel pretty good about themselves. The other team is in trouble. Who's going to emerge with the win? I think when you look at the way road teams have struggled so far in the season on the short weeks, this is no easy road trip. When you're making the trip from Lambeau all the way out to the Pacific Northwest, you're talking two time zones that you have to adjust to. And this is a Seattle team that stayed committed to the ground game this year. Even without Chris Carson last week and their cover against the Rams, they still ran the ball effectively. Now Rashad Penny, who I think was overdrafted by Pete Carroll, showed flashes of brilliance. And when you look at the Packers, will they trust Aaron? Aaron Jones enough to get the 15 to 20 carries they need to try and shore up a defense that's really struggled for an identity. This one of the more fascinating Thursday night games that we've seen, just for the reasons you mentioned, trying to figure out who's going to be very much in the NFC playoff picture and which one is going to be dealt a death blow uh, to their postseason outlook. All right, other NFL games that are really important as we come down the stretch, either for division title chances or just playoff chances in general. Bengals-Ravens, the uncertainty surrounding Joe Flacco is a big story. So let's start there. If you had to break down the difference between Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, what does that mean from a point total perspective? For me, I make a four-point, four-and-a-half-point adjustment on their power rating. Now, if this was just a short week where Lamar Jackson was thrust into the offense, it's a much different dynamic. But Baltimore has to know that Joe Flacco was going to be out for an extended period of time or could be out, that John Harbaugh is smart enough at this point in his career to build some wrinkles in there, try and figure out how to tailor the offense to Lamar Jackson's skill set, and then you throw into the equation this Bengals defense right now, Clay, that probably couldn't stop you and I from trying to go down the field or pick up 500 yards. You couldn't ask for a softer opponent to start your NFL career not named the Oakland Raiders. And plus, you throw into this the way that Cincinnati has really owned the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe a change in quarterback freshens things up, and there'll be some value here. Uh, But clearly a scenario that the Ravens didn't want to have to try and go through because they still see themselves having a chance to get into that 5 or 6 seed, and the bye came at the perfect time period for them to heal up on the offensive line and try and get that defense recentered after three straight weeks of struggles. What about Titans-Colts? This is a big game, I think, for the Titans because they're coming off two big wins in a row. They got past the Cowboys on Monday night football then they dominate the Patriots but the Titans over the past several years have not been able to kind of take that next step from we're a pretty good team to we're a legitimately good team meanwhile if you are the uh, if you're a Colts fan 
Andrew Luck's been playing phenomenally well. They can win this game, get back to 5-5, five and five, even it up with the Titans, and basically be in the mix, especially if you got lucky. And we'll talk about this one. The Texans going on the road against the Redskins. What happens? Well, you mentioned it. I think the Titans have never beaten Andrew Luck when he's a starting quarterback. Yeah, it's a crazy stat. For the Indianapolis Colts. And while the Colts have shown flashes of brilliance last week, the first half game plan they put together against Jacksonville was a thing of brilliance. But once that script wore off and Jacksonville didn't break down defensively, it It's rare to win a game in the NFL and get shut out in the second half in your own building. Now, from an emotional standpoint, can the Titans bring it for the third straight week? We saw them at Monday night with extra time to prepare, go into Dallas, and win that game outright behind the strength of their number one points-per-game defense. The players weren't quiet about how much it meant for them, those that had ties to the New England organization, and trying to get after Tom Brady and put a hurting on them. Can you do it again in this type of environment? Line movement suggested it was a bit of an overlay for the Colts, who opened up as a field goal favorite. Number has moved off the key price point of three, but from a situation situational perspective it's Colts or pass but I may want to try and take a wait and see approach because if the Titans win this game they're very formidable not only to get a wild card but maybe win the division if they get some help meanwhile if the Colts win this football game Frank Reich deserves a ton of for how quickly he's gotten this franchise headed in the right direction the offensive line they've built is a fortress around luck the ground game with Marlon Mack and his ability to mask some of the massive deficiencies they have defensively I will say one thing. When you look at some of the Titans' metrics, it's hard to figure out what it is because you have to look at them over the last two weeks with Marcus Mariota healthy, developing that rapport that I know Titans fans like yourself had sought for so long with Corey Davis and getting Deion Lewis the ball between the 20s, using Derrick Henry as the battering ram. I think Matt LaFleur has finally figured out what pieces he has for this Titans offense, which makes them a scary out for the remainder of the season. What about Texans-Redskins? Uh, this is a matchup of two division leaders. I don't think the Redskins are getting anywhere near the amount of favorable buzz that they should have been getting. And look, I, let's be honest, the Texans have won six in a row. They've been very fortunate to win a lot of those games. But how do you break it down? The, the Texans are a favorite on the road. These two teams right now are two of the biggest frauds, in my opinion, in the NFL. Now, I know the age-old cliche that you are what your record says you are, but Look at the Redskins' performance against the Bucks. You give up 500 yards and somehow you only surrender three points. The Redskins could be down four out of five cogs on their offensive line, which isn't an ideal matchup whatsoever when Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt come in there. But for the Texans, the secondary is their weak link, and the Redskins really don't have that vertical passing game to put pressure on you. This number, Clay, had the game been played last weekend, we'd be talking about a pick'em. The Texans have a bye. The Redskins win a game by two scores and still come out on the other side as a touch if touchdown. Excuse me, a field goal underdog. These are two pretenders that I haven't really had a great read on. I would lean towards the Texans here just because I think the Redskins have been even more fortunate uh, than the Houston Texans have been. What about Eagles, Saints, and Vikings, Bears? Those are two, uh, I would say, intriguing games that are out there. The Saints, I think, have been so far the best team in the NFL. I mean, you could make that argument with eight wins in a row, uh, with Drew Brees posting numbers, the likes of which we'd never seen before. The Bears, uh, this is an intriguing game, too, I think, going up against the Vikings because NFC North-wise, the Bears have certainly exceeded expectations. Huge game for the Vikings coming out of their bye. What do you see in these two? Well, Sunday Night Football, I think, offers an excellent chance to back the road underdog Vikings. If you like them and you have the ability to grab three, I don't really believe that number is going to last. Coach Zimmer 
Zimmer, one of the best in the league in terms of creating a defensive game plan, especially with extra time to prepare against a young quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky, who has exceeded expectations so far. You look at his touchdown numbers. Now, I know it hasn't come against a murderer's row of sorts, but you have to beat the teams in front of you, and that's what a young team is going to do. Learn to win. But this is going to be a completely different challenge. The Vikings should have most of their key cogs back on the defensive side. I think Xavier Rhodes dealing with a high ankle sprain will be a lot healthier. We could see Anthony Barr. Dalvin Cook gives him another game-breaker in the backfield, much more dynamic, running between the tackles and catching balls compared to Latavius Murray. So if the Vikings believe that they're going to have some say in who wins the NFC, this is a game in the division. You have to go on the road and prove to the Bears that you can win this in prime time. Now, the Eagle Saints, I think you're spot on when you talk about the Saints and them being considered the favorite in the NFC. Now, I know the odds don't suggest it because they're behind the Rams, but offensively, there's nobody right now that's shown an ability to stop them. There's a prop offshore you can find. What happens more, Thomas Morstead punts or Drew Brees touchdowns? The over-under on Saints punts for the football game against the Eagles is one and a half. That's unheard of in NFL circles. Philadelphia, I think they're, they know that their back's against the wall, but they're at not seven and a half, eight, nine point underdog, depending on where you look. The Eagles are going to score. I don't trust their defense as banged up as it is to get stops. Would lean towards Philly with the points, and I think the game goes over the total. All right, a couple more NFL games. We're talking to Todd Furman. You can hear us and watch us every single day on Lock It In, FS1, 430 Eastern, 130 Pacific. What do you see in Cowboys-Falcons? Two, four, and five teams. The Falcons coming off of a really atrocious performance, let's be honest, on the road against the Browns. Cowboys got a huge win against the Eagles when everybody had given them up for dead. What happens on Sunday? Two teams, Jekyll and Hyde, situationally speaking, the only case to be made here would be for the Falcons as a home favorite uh, laying a modest three points. Dallas hasn't shown enough consistency that they can build off of one great performance and carry it forward to the subsequent week. One week you get them at their best, another week you see them struggle, and they've relied so much on their defense. Now maybe the offense is figuring it out. We saw Ezekiel Elliott go bonkers like he seemingly does every time that they play the Eagles and he's healthy. Atlanta on the other side, I think they'll see a boost defensively with Deion Jones if he can be out there for maybe 60 to 70 percent of the defensive snaps. Offensively, the Falcons are going to put a lot of pressure on that Cowboys secondary. And you hate to say it and use hyperbole for, you know, week 10 or week 11, wherever we are in the season, that this is a must win. Whoever loses this football game is going to be behind the eight ball. I think the Falcons have to be much more desperate. Dallas, of course, They win this game on Sunday and have a short week to play the annual Thanksgiving traditional matchup. All of a sudden, we're talking about Dallas not only sneaking in as a back-end wildcard team, but still very much in the discussion to actually win the NFC East. We had uh, an, an interesting couple of games last year between the Steelers and the Jags, right? The Jags go on the road, pick off Ben Roethlisberger, I think it was five times the regular season, beat him. Then they go on the road and pull off the big upset in the playoffs. Uh, Blake Bortles probably made $50 million nearly just based on this game standing alone. The Steelers are going on the road. They seem to have gotten their mojo back. Uh, They are, I know we've had a lot of Le'Veon Bell drama surrounding them, but everything else considered, have the Jags quit? Is this more about the Jags than it is the Steelers at this point in time? You know, I don't want to say they've quit because we wouldn't have seen the inspired effort in the second half against the Colts last week. And they very easily could have folded the tents. It's 29-16 at the break. You've had a thousand miscues defensively in the first half with Colts tight ends running wild. Eric Ebron, like he did in his college days, going absolutely bonkers. So I don't want to say they've quit. But this is clearly a tough spot against an offense that's much more dynamic, that has revenge on their minds. 
But we talk about it this time of year, whether it's playing in Tampa, whether it's playing in Miami or playing in Jacksonville. Teams coming from cold climates, going into the heat, it's a little bit different. It takes a toll on your body. If you're wearing black jerseys with that sun beating down on you, the Pittsburgh Steelers' stock is at an all-time high. Everyone saw them drum the Carolina Panthers 52-21 to on Thursday Night Football. You're going to want to keep tabs on James Conner because if he can't go, the Steelers need a ground game. You can't be one-dimensional against the Jags. So for me, I'm of the mindset that this is Jacksonville's last stand as a six-point home underdog. I'm just not running in the window to bet the Jags because if they do get behind, I have zero confidence in Blake Bortles ability to race an early deficit. We're talking to Todd Furman. You can watch us Monday through Friday, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific on FS1. Lock it in as the show. Furman is upset because I'm on a roll and he's taking some L's That's going to stop. I mean, (laughs) you enjoy it while you can because there's no way you're going to keep up this torrid heater you're on picking winners in not only college football but the NFL. And heaven help us if you start the season hot betting college basketball. I just might not show up to work or I'll see if one of your three boys wants to come out to Vegas, fill in admirably for and flip coins to try and compete with you. All right, here is uh, the only couple of questions that I think are out there about college football. And again, we're talking with Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. I think there are two hypotheticals as we look at the four playoff teams right now. Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan right now. Not very complicated. What happens if one of these two things happens? From an odds maker perspective, how would you break this down? Alabama loses to Georgia well, in the SEC We don't even have to game. lay out the scenarios because, I mean, from an odds maker standpoint, yep. I can tell you right now, Alabama and Clemson, or Alabama is a cut above everybody in the country. Clemson is a clear-cut number two. Michigan right now is in third entirely on their own. And when you look at Michigan, because I think I know where the argument you're going to make is going to be about the head-to-head matchup, should we be talking about Michigan and Notre Dame vying for one spot in the playoffs? Yes. Michigan lost that game at South Bend early in the year, and the Irish are a much better football team. But if those two teams were to play on a neutral field this coming weekend, Michigan would be right around a touchdown favorite. And for me, I want the best teams on the field. I'm not of the mindset that it should be most deserving. Your resume is nice, but if you're not playing the best football when it matters most, Michigan provides a much stiffer challenge for the Clemsons and Alabamas of the world uh, than Notre Dame does. And if we're looking at other teams, Oklahoma and West Virginia, they may beat each other up. Oklahoma stands no chance against any of these teams because they can't get a stop. They can't get a stop against a good high school team right now. And while the Sooners are fun to watch with Kyler Murray, I hope the Big 12 cannibalizes itself and you get Oklahoma to lose in Morgantown the final week of the regular season, and then you get Oklahoma to follow that up with a win at the conference championship. Outstanding stuff as always. Go follow him on Twitter. He's at Todd Furman. Now let's bring in Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking the world of sports. And this report is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the NBA, the Warriors beat the Hawks 110-103. to They win without Draymond Green, who was suspended for this game without pay by the team after a locker room confrontation with fellow star Kevin Durant. Durant did play. He had 29 points as Golden State improves to 12-3. and Rockets over the Nuggets 109-99. After starting the year 9-1, Denver has now dropped four in a row. The Cavaliers beat the Hornets 113-289. NFL news, the league is moving Monday showdown between the 9-1 Kansas City Chiefs and the 9-1 LA Rams from Mexico City to Los Angeles because of poor field conditions at Azteca Stadium. Standout running back Le'Veon Bell failed to report to the Pittsburgh Steelers before Tuesday's deadline. 
so he could sign his franchise tag. His season is over. He'll forfeit $14.5 million. The NHL season continues tonight with the Colorado Avalanche hosting the Boston Bruins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. That's our Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Now back to the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Thank you, Eddie. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So Clay hops back off the headphones along with Todd Furman. They'll be unlocking in later on today. I'm not giving out all those times. Uh, is it 4.30 Eastern, Danny? You're the producer. These are the things you need to know. <laughs> yeah, here on the West Coast, it's 1.30, so Eastern time, 4.30. So 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. I guess I did just do the exact same thing Clay does every time he talks about his show. But I get it, especially when he's the king of the show and he's wearing a crown on television. I saw a photo of that yesterday. Uh, Absolutely phenomenal. But we always appreciate Todd Furman and his contributions and everything else that are going on. So as I anticipated, there's one thing that you know people on this show know. It's the pulse of the audience. We could have talked about Le'Veon Bell. We could have talked about the college football playoff. But after talking to you off air and getting that Dodgers girl story, we had to go there. And our own Jeff Schwartz, who will be on the show, I think, on Friday and will be sitting in with me over the Thanksgiving holiday as we fill in for Clay, as we usually do. Jeff had to get out of his car, but he was listening to the show and he texted you, right? Yeah. (laughs) Shouts out to Jeff. He, He said he didn't want to leave his car, but he had to get out of his car in the middle of the story. He's like... You guys were just leaving the ballpark after the loss. What happened afterwards? I have to know. So um, I I filled him in, and he said, and I sent him the picture uh, of the girl because you asked for that as well. It's well done, Danny. Very, very well done. And I told you that obviously, based on your story, that she was probably on the crazy scale. But you know the hot crazy scale, Bart yeah. Stinson, the How I Met Your Mother hot crazy scale. Like she she was phenomenally attractive. And the only possible reason that she was single is because she was nuts. Well, Jeff texted back, damn, man, she's fly. Dave Roberts C-blocked you. Did he really say fly? He said fly. Man, that offensive lineman mentality. I don't think that, I don't think that Jeff Schwartz should be using the word fly. Do you? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it. well, I guess he's hip for you know a Caucasian offensive lineman. <laughs> So he's he could he could use that term. Okay. He's pretty Utterly fly. Fantastic. He's pretty fly for an offensive lineman. Okay. Fantastic. Maybe we'll come back with the offspring. We've got one more segment. We will talk maybe about Clay's trip to Staples Center tonight. I'm sure he'll have things to say about that after the fact. Yeah, is he gonna be with the fans or will he go Hollywood tonight? Yeah, he's going I'll Hollywood. I'll say Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it more coming back. One more segment to go. It's Outkick on a Wednesday here on Fox Sports Radio. I can just picture Jeff Schwartz rolling around Charlotte right now with a pair of Oakley sunglasses on. <laughs> Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. It's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. That's why Untuck It exists. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. Get that? Go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY. That's C L A Y. For 20% savings. Clay Travis out in Los Angeles all week long doing a lot of television, lock it in. He's out there live on the lot, sending out photos, 
doing interviews, popping in and out of Dude. this show. I'm Jason Martin. Is Clay actually going to sit on Cowherd's couch? I don't Is it know. Happen before the week's over, I know because I saw Jeff Schwartz on Cowherd's yeah. set last week, and uh, we could yeah yeah we could uh, double dip the Outkick program on Cowherd's show. I mean, I feel like he has done it before. Yeah. So I, it's it's not like I feel like it will happen before the end of the week. I don't know every bit of his schedule. He he does the same thing he does with you. This is something you learn when you produce his show. Is you're going to hear from him like ten minutes before something's going to happen, as opposed to days or weeks before where you can plan it. Like I have no idea when he's going to do it, but I assume he's going to do it. And I'm sure he'll be with us in some form or fashion over the next couple of days while he's out there, just in in and out of meetings, in and out of television, doing a lot of work. Clay Travis's schedule is busy. That should surprise absolutely no one. He's going to the Laker game, though, tonight, guys. He is going to the Laker game. And the question is, as we heard Doug Gottlieb in the first hour of the show, Doug Gottlieb, his show's fantastic. It's here on Fox Sports Radio. It will be on later on today across the country. And Doug was trying to explain to Clay, and Clay may have already known it, that there are two Laker games. There is the Upper Bowl and the Lower Bowl. The Upper Bowl filled with the fans. That's where Danny G would be hanging out. Maybe Dodger Girl would be hanging out. I don't know if she How dare is you. a Laker fan or not. How dare I? It's the best <laughs> hour you, we've had in a long time on this show. <laughs> tell you what, if I take a date to Lakers, it's not going to be her. Well, at this point, I think you're probably making the right call. Uh, especially because they're losing a lot of basketball games, and we don't want to see another loss and what would what that would cost you. But then the, there's the, the lower Lakers bowl. Are seven and the lower and bowl. Six. I know they're fourth. They're looking up at the Sacramento Kings right now, but they did beat the Sacramento Kings. They they're on a three game win streak. They're playing the Blazers. Portland's playing well. That'll be a fun game tonight. Question: Is Clay going to be in the lower bowl trying to be seen, or is he going to be in the upper bowl not wanting to spend money? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he is gonna be about six seven rows up in the lower bowl. Yes. What's that gonna cost him? Probably five hundred a ticket. Okay, I mean that's not bad. He was like, I'm not gonna spend ten grand a ticket. Well, right. I mean that's if, insane. well that's if that's if yeah that's if he gets a good deal on the seats because I mean that's floor the, that's floor seats right there. Eh, not with LeBron in town. Those the seat prices have doubled. So you're saying like twenty grand to sit courtside? It's yeah, it's really expensive for a regular season game. Yeah, well, our very own Vito, he goes in with some friends every year on season seats, and he was telling me that his portion this year has doubled. What do you think the finals would cost? Well, wait, they're Ooh. not going to make the finals. Oh, how, oh boy, my cousin paid his season tickets before LeBron signed, so his tickets didn't go up. Well, that's gangster. Well, that's a good move by him. That's solid yeah. play. So Clay's going to go see LeBron. He's seen him in person, saw him in Memphis, has never seen a game in Staples, neither have I. I hope that changes one day. But uh, he's doing the L.A. thing, I would suggest, the right way. Tomorrow on this show, we will get you set for Seahawks and Packers. It's a huge game. You heard Todd and Clay talking about it there in the last segment. Could be a knockout game for the loser of that show. If you missed the Todd Furman interview, if you missed anything we've done, uh, Doug Gottlieb joins us in the first hour. Get the podcast. Subscribe to Outkick the Coverage. Wherever you are, you can listen to it 24-7, 365, however you consume podcasts. Millions are doing it. Why don't you join them? We'll see you tomorrow on Outkick. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.